This week, we have no sponsor, but we have a ton of information that we want to pass along to you. Hey, Bert, did you know that we're giving stuff away here at NerdCognito? I heard about some of that. Yeah, we are giving a ton of stuff away, and we've leaned heavily on our creator friends for a little swag, if you know what I'm saying, and they responded in droves. And I'm happy to say that our, I guess you can call it membership drive, right? We want to drive more eyes to Nerd Cognito. I guess ears to Nerd Cognito, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> Don't Listen <drive>. up, people. <laughs> Listen up. <laughs> but if you're following Nerd Cognito on the Twitter machine, you already know about the giveaways. And if you're not, you need to follow at Nerd Cognito right now because we're going to be giving two or three things away every two or three weeks for the foreseeable future, starting with... I have ponied up a technical manual to the Death Star. How nerdy is that? (laughs) (laughs) It's super nerdy, Ryan. Where the heck did you even get it? Uh, It's the old Hayes manual, and it is brand spanking new, untouched and unseen by rebel scum eyes. Uh, More important, the other thing that we are giving away right now, and this is amazing, Patty's Parlor Games. You know, Patty's a big fan and friend of the show they have generously offered up a free art commission and uh you can win that's pretty impressive yeah you can win a free art commission in the style of patty's parlors games just by going to at nerdcognito finding the promotional post and doing the things you know the retweets the replies that sort of thing that's all it takes and you are entered to win so Patty is ponied up. I'm in too. Those two are going to run through the end of May. And moving on through the summer, about every two weeks, we've got more stuff. I've got a complete miniature set, courtesy of Giant Slayers Games, that we're going to give away. Uh, Fractured Brain Studios and our good friends at the Red Room are also giving up not only their core material, but supplements too. So there is stuff that's just going to be coming out left and right. And the only way you can win is if you follow at NerdCognito on Twitter. Pretty simple. Go there, find the promotional post, do the thing, and we will ship the stuff out to you. Now, on with the show. It is me, my name is Ryan David, and you have tuned in to yet another episode of Nerd Cognito. Glad to have you listening. Uh, I'm still sort of shocked just by the amazing response we've had, not only from our friends and creators, but from the Nerd Cognito Nation for all of those giveaways that we're going to be running this summer. But I couldn't do this without my partner in crime, so to speak, and that is Bert. Hey, Bert. Hey Ryan, how's it going? Oh, it's it's been a whirlwind of a few days. I I feel like it's still last week, right? <laughs> <laughs> I need more days in the week. Uh, it's been busy, and I guess busy is good. Um, celebrating my birthday on Saturday, which means I'm a year older, a year closer to that dirt nap. You know, I'm so <laughs> thrilled. Um, <laughs> I did zero gaming this week. And that has me a little bummed, but lots of other, you know, family life stuff, work stuff, nerd cognito stuff. It's just been nonstop. So um, sitting down to actually, you know, put this show in the can is kind of a break for me, my friend. How's your week been? 
Oh, man. Mine's the total opposite from yours. I've been having a nice casual weekend, sitting on the front porch, sipping lemonade, working on my fallout campaign. I took my nephew fishing. Like, it's been a totally relaxing weekend. I am super, super jealous. <laughs> um, I, I wish I could say I, I was productive in some other areas, but, you know... I pretty much neglected auras for the last five or six days. I feel bad because I was really holding myself to a design timeline. And I guess I'm still there. It's just I feel like I didn't hold up my end of the bargain to myself, you know? That's okay. Buy yourself something nice. Oh, I, I plan on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna get myself something real nice for for my birthday. Um I just don't know what it's going to be yet. So um right now I, I just want to buy some time. <laughs> uh, interesting week in the nerd sphere. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff out there going on. A lot of stuff going out there. And I don't know that I want to rehash most of it. You know, we've right. got um, the whole dove controversy with the, the, the big girl and them getting on their soapbox. I think it's been talked about enough and, you know, do we really right. want to I touch mean, it and add to it? I've, I've certainly said no. my piece about it on the other shows that I'm on. Uh, it yeah, is no, what I, it is. Right. I mean, you know, uh, you know, marketing, sure. Marketing is for everyone. You know, I don't think we need to comment on it. We can bypass that. <laughs> what else we got? Uh, the, as I've named them, the faux SR folks, kind of have their panties in a twist. They're, they're, it's almost like they're trying to pick fights this week, Bert. Um, I, okay. I mean, what, I, what's going on? I could tell you a little bit about it, and I don't want to, A, drop names, or B, insult some of our friends that are mutuals of these folks. So, Fair. Yeah, it, it's, it's just so weird. Like, okay, I get it. People fight on the internet, but even the faux SR folks, with the exception of I will call them out for when they pull faux SR things, even those goddamn fakers and hypocrites are still in our side of the hobby. So I'm not really looking to, to have a pissing contest with them. It's yeah. just, in general, it seems like they're all angry about something. And I don't know what that something is. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but I don't think we need to tap dance across that minefield either. <laughs> I mean, I, they know where I stand, right? I think that a right. lot of what they do is bullshit, but a lot of what they do is beneficial too. So right now, you know, it's a lesser evil that I'm willing to make the deal with, but I'm not going to call you out. Well, I am going to call you out. I'm not going to engage with you in a juvenile high school Twitter battle, right? Right. Yeah, no. I don't do Forget it with the that. sparkle trolls, and I'm not going to do it with friends that I think can possibly come back to the right side. So I didn't do it in high school. I'm not going to do it now. What else we got? <laughs> I got a crap ton of news. And, you okay. Know, it's been a while. It's been a while, my friend, since we've had a newstacular episode of Nerd Cognito. But well, last time I think it was a technical glitch. <laughs> that was a that was a that was a nano that we had to do because the news was the only thing that I could salvage out of the audio. Um, but I'm thinking 
we're just going to go through a bunch of the stuff that's out there. And most of it is new product, good or bad, that okay. is hitting the market. And I think it speaks volumes about the, the nerdosphere in general. Some tabletop stuff, some board game stuff. Uh, I don't think I have any video game stuff on the docket this week, and that's okay. Some weeks, that's just the way it is. Um, You have a list for us. Uh, We always like a good list, and I can't can't resist your list because your list is horror movies, right? (laughs) Right. I mean, it's been a while since we talked about horror movies, and I did come up with a list for that. So uh, it's not my list, but I thought we would comment on it. So we kind of have an old-school news-ish potpourri episode on deck for the sake of, uh, I don't want to be catching grenades. <laughs> right, is, uh, right. Is I that mean, a cop-out? Is that... No, the- I don't I don't think so. There, I mean, there's no need to poke a bear. You know, we'll just... I mean, it, it almost feels old-school. Two guys bullshitting about what's going on. I, I, people, I think, are expecting a, a little bit of the... Uh, flame tongue to come out on some of these items for me, but I just don't see it as a valuable, uh, valuable investment of time, right? I'm not going to get into, like I said, the, the, the dove things, the dove thing, right? We didn't talk sure. about the Bud Light thing other than mentioning right. it passing because everybody knows about it now. Um, I don't want to talk about the dove thing. And, um, the OSR posers, uh, I a don't want to rattle their cages or shine a light on them. So, right. eh, what can I say? Uh, call me a cop out this week, Bert. Um, what no, your gaming I, I, week look like? Um, it was pretty casual. You know, did a little online gaming. Uh, I worked on my Fallout campaign for the. Uh, Nerd Cognito table upcoming. Started working on, you know, beyond the intro, what's going to happen beyond the intro module, since you guys seemed interested in continuing. Yeah, very cool. I, I'm excited because two things. One, I think that it's going to be an interesting and different experience for our table. And two, I don't have to fucking GM it. <laughs> no, no, I'm running it. You just sit back and inhabit your character. Yes, and, and um, my character right now, it's kind of vanilla. Um, right. I don't know that it would have a lot of flavor, but I, I want to come up with something. So I don't know, something. I, I don't, it's not that I had a bad time at all, nor do I think that the character is, is a waste. It's just, you know, I, I'm looking for that special something. Uh, right, and sometimes that happens with new characters. You have to play them a couple of times to kind of get a feel for them. Like, I've had characters where, you know, their personality kind of developed over a session or two rather than, you know, springing fully formed. Right. I, I've got to find something interesting for Francois, the Frenchman with the Miss, Monsieur Moumou Cow, uh, the Brahmin. <laughs> yeah. So um, the, the, the French trader is going to going to have to come into his own um but yeah i i'm looking forward to it i i definitely i definitely think that this experience is going to be positive and a break from 
the same old, same old. And even if it goes, you know, let's say it goes five or six sessions, let's say it goes 16 or 20 sessions, I call it a win all the way around because it is that different. So right. we'll see We'll see how it, how it shakes out. Um, I'm trying to find a pithy way to say the word news, Bert, and I just, I just can't. <laughs> so uh, it, it must be the week, right? <laughs> I'm starting to think so. Oh boy, we got a big one, and and I can't even say it's the segment because we're just gonna run through stuff and see where the chips may lie. I did sort of divide it up into segments. Um, okay. And the first one, the first segment. Well, I don't want to use the word segment because we're not going to talk about it for like twenty minutes. We're going to talk about it for what it's worth, which is probably about five. Is the Wizards of the Coast announcement? Oh boy, what did they announce this time? Right, uh, Wizards of the Coast has announced that they are going to be launching a free twenty-four hour streaming channel. 24-hour streaming channel. Streaming channel. So, like, on Twitch or to compete with Twitch? A streaming television programming channel. Uh, (laughs) Oh, television programming channel. What the heck are they going to put on that? It's going to be an OTT, over-the-top, you know, uh, ad-supported, free I guess streaming network you could call it and uh, it's going to feature oh boy oh boy improv cooking shows independent creators known creators developers and the classic Dungeons and Dragons cartoon (laughs) so far one of those things gets me excited one of those things will get me excited as well and I happen to own it on physical media because I knew what was going to happen, and I saw the writing on the wall for it. Um, Did you get the special edition with the uh, player's hand, with the character creation for uh, the character? No, 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 no. I I saw this as a possible train wreck back when fourth edition was happening. So I actually have it on DVD. Okay. um, Yeah. I don't know how I would play it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I haven't... I have it on DVD as a box set, and it actually came with a little like faux like player's handbook that gave you character stats for the characters in the show. Maybe that's the version I have. It's it's like a brown bo- coverlet box. I I don't know. I, I I honestly don't know. I haven't seen it. The last time I pulled it out or watched it was when the prodigal daughter was but in her like preteen years, and and we watched oh, wow. it together. So, um, yeah, a long time, over a decade. So, um, I don't know. This, how is this going to work for them? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really weird. Like, they're, and, and where is this streaming? Like, is it a direct streaming service? Like, are they trying to compete with, like, Paramount or? Well, well that's the thing, right? It is looking like it's a direct streaming service, which I think is going to be the death knell for it. I could see if they wanted to put together a streaming channel and farm it out to something like a Sling TV or a Pluto, where they could just have their channel and run it, how that could be marginally successful. 
Sure. Or even like a 24 hour channel that ran like on, even if, if they wanted to do live shows and things, something that ran on Twitch would be, you know, some, a, another route that they could take, but going on your own yeah. against all of these other streaming services, even if it's free, I don't know how much, how many eyes they're going to draw. Right. Even, and, and that's, you hit the nail on the head. Even if it's free, am I going, am I, and is the public more importantly, going to download effectively a dedicated app or a dedicated channel on their smart television just for this channel. And I have to say they'll do it as a novelty and it'll be one of the 30 apps that's on their device that seven to nine months from now, when they go through and clean out their apps, they delete, right? They'll watch it the day they install it it might hook a few, but outside of diehard Sparkle Trolls, I don't see people really getting on board with this because let's face facts. They're gonna okay, let's they're gonna have actual plays. I'm just pulling that as one of the things in their laundry list of shit they're gonna have. Sure. If someone's gonna watch an actual play, they're probably gonna watch it on a format that's way more familiar and incentivized for the content creators. So they are going to watch it on a YouTube, on a Twitch, where they can, A, directly support their content creators. So, you know, you're on Twitch, you throw them a bit. Or you're on YouTube, you throw them a super sticker, assuming they're monetized. Um, right now, you're throwing wizards all of the money. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, they have their darling content creators. We know this from their content creator summit that uh, the folks that got the the $300 incentive, Bert, <laughs> to travel. Uh, God, $300. I, anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, there's, that's almost an insult, right? Uh, $300 to travel and... I'm sure that they're going to pick from amongst that crew. But is that crew really going to be able to strike a deal that's already more financially in their favor than what they have now? And if they do give up their financial autonomy, we know that Wizards has already shown their hand with this OGL. Are they ever going to be able to get it back? Yeah, I mean, that's... A, that. I, I mean... Actual plays aren't what would draw me to the channel. Like I said, uh, a little bit of nostalgia maybe might get me to look at it. I'm kind of curious about those cooking shows. I haven't seen very many D&D-themed cooking shows. I was going to say, wouldn't you love to see Strahd, you know, chefing it up with an undead Julia child? I mean, look, <laughs> it's, it's just cheesy. It reeks of cash grab. And if they were going to do it, I think they missed the boat for doing it as their own platform. Now, if it were integrated in one... Oh, wait. No, there's no more Echo. I don't want to say that. If it was integrated in whatever the fuck D&D's online presence is going to be, that's a different story. But I just... I, I don't know. So, hmm. they didn't say anything bad or anything weird. It's just a odd business choice for them to make, right? 
It is kind of a weird announcement. I mean, I guess we'll wait and see. We know with Wizards that, you know, if people don't respond favor- favorably to it, it could change next week. So I guess it's just a, just a wait and see with them. You're, you're absolutely correct. Um, what you don't have to wait and see anymore is you no longer have to wait and see what the Stranger Things Dungeons & Dragons set is going to be. Uh, Wizards has also tipped their hand Wizards has also released the starter set rulebook of the Stranger Things D&D RPG for free. Uh, You can take a look at it. Of course, it's not terribly, or it's not a lot of content. You're probably going to be ponying up if you want to play in that adventure, and that's going to run you over 100 bucks if you need the hard copies. Um, Hmm. Now, (sighs) Stranger Things... I have a love-hate relationship with Stranger Things, right? I directly blame, second only to that fool Mercer and his crew of scripted improvisation folks, Stranger Things, for the infiltration of a certain segment in our hobby. No, I... I I feel totally the opposite. I love Stranger Things, uh, and I love bringing new people to the hobby. So, See, I, I like Stranger Things, and I like bringing new people to the hobby, but they do have to be the right kind of people. Gatekeeping is good. Bad. Uh, <laughs> Always bad. Um, vetting your table is good. Matching play styles is one thing. Gatekeeping is something else. Uh, I don't know. I think that they're they're very much hand in hand, but we know that we already disagree on that one. We do. Do I think I'm going to plunk down a Franklin for Stranger Things D&D? No. Even if it weren't Hasbro and Wizards, would I plunk it down? Probably not. So we'll Yeah, I mean, that that's interesting. Like, how does that even work like you said there's not a lot of material there so what is it like like a reskinning of like fifth edition like no 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 this this is i don't even want to call it a starter set it's a preview that they released it it really is um there's you know it is really just bits and pieces of the source book as a tease for you to buy it so got it okay they're calling it, you know, their words, starter set rule book. Uh, it's not. It's not. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I did look through it. I'm underwhelmed, but I also know that it is intentionally underwhelming because they don't need to overwhelm with this. The name alone is going to sell books. So I, well, I they're mean, not going to sell one to me. So though. far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody thought, oh, bring back the, uh, you know, these classic properties. Spelljammer didn't do well. Uh, you know, you were really upset about that one. So, mm-hmm. you know, is the Stranger Thing name going to, is the name alone going to get people to pony up for a product that's, you know, unknown? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm sure somewhere out there in the Upside Down... Someone is just clamoring for this game, but it's not me. Um, yeah, if somebody gets it, I'll play it, but yeah, I'm, I'm not, probably not going to buy it. I'm not going to buy it either. <laughs> um, 
not my cup of tea. I guess this is tangentially video game-ish. Uh, how do you feel about roguelikes? Hmm. Not usually my first go-to. I mean, I've played a few. Some of them can be really interesting. It just depends on how they're put together. Right. Now, uh, there's there's the, the Dead Cells uh, roguelike, which is interesting but now it is a combination that's headed to the board game table and it's a interesting mashup of a roguelike and metroidvania only in board game fashion hmm. and the creators have finally sort of elaborated on how they're pulling this off the art so far that has been released looked good the miniatures of course are what you would expect for a kickstarter miniature um but there's more information available so uh by the time this airs the kickstarter will have launched and i, I it's it's a gamble right Right. I mean, it's kind of an odd, like the way you describe it, those genres are kind of an odd mashup, aren't they? It, it, it is an odd mashup. The developers have said that they have mechanically worked out a way that unlockable items like a weapon upgrade remains permanent, allowing the player to discover them again on future runs. Um, the currency, like health and things persist and i guess you're going to die a lot just like you would in the video game <laughs> um it was originally brought to the development table as a clone of the video game but it looks good and you know i know already if if he hasn't already been phd'd to this existence i know who will back this uh, thinking Dan. I'm thinking Dan will back it. Uh, we have a good friend that is at our Nerd Cognito table and has been a personal friend for decades, and he loves the genre of game, whether it be um, Isaac or what's he playing now, Brotato. Like he just loves them, uh, and this will be right in his wheelhouse. Uh, quote. We had to let go of the idea that one run could let you go all the way to the final bosses through a series of biomes and lesser bosses. Runs were getting too long, and it was discouraging to die and start over when you had that level of um, time invested, is what I assume he's going for here. Continuing the quote, since my big mouth has to interrupt it, right? <laughs> <laughs> a successful run in the board game now is two biomes, and one boss and they want to encourage play players to play several runs in one session so i guess it really is mimicking do it over do it over do it over do it over somebody gag me i it's, hmm. it, it doesn't sound like fun what was that game we played uh, there was a time travel game that was like that you would do it till you messed up and then start over again uh, I know the game you're talking about. It escapes my mind, but I own it. So let me look around. The time Stories? Time Stories was one, but I don't think it's the one you're thinking of. I remember Dan was the one who had us playing it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, there's uh, Getting old as hell. Where's my brain? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to back it. I could put a press request out 
and see if they'll bite, but I don't think that at this level, and since the Kickstarter's already launched, that we're going to be able to see anything before the game's actually ready to go. So, um, And I'm also Ooh. not that wound up that I want to chase it down because we got lots of stuff from our friends that are producing things on their own that we need to, to chew through and stuff that, you know, people are always hitting up the ladies on Twitter uh, at nerd cognito. Hey, if we want the guys to look at something and talk about it on the show, how can they do it? And they, they forward the information there. So I really, I really don't want to a, chase it and B look like I'm begging for a game that I probably am not going to play a whole hell of a lot. So, right. That, I mean, uh, be, best, best case scenario, Dan backs it. We play it and we'll review it if we do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we do have a lot of stuff that, that's coming in and a lot of new friends uh, on Twitter. We have a lot of old friends on Twitter too, including a great friend. And not only is he a friend, but he is this month. Yeah. The Doc, Doc Jones, uh, is our checkmark hero. He said, hey, that blue checkmark is important, and I love what you guys do on the show. Here's eight bucks. I want to sponsor the checkmark and become your checkmark hero for the month. And so it has been. Give him a follow. D-J-O-N-E-Z-73. Follow the good doctor. Uh, he's got a lot of interesting insight, and he's in our corner of the hobby. You'll like what he has to see. So, uh, Doc, we super, super, super appreciate you being this month's checkmark hero. You can be one, too. Go to nerdcocknito.com and click on Be a Checkmark Hero. And it will take you to a link where you can give us eight bucks and sponsor the checkmark on a month to be named down the road. So we love our checkmark heroes for sure. We certainly do, Ryan. Next up, speaking of fallout, I was kind of hoping you weren't going to blow the fallout wad early in the show because we did have a news story. But <laughs> Okay, what's the news about fallout? Um a co-creator of the original Fallout, so not the Fallout universe that we know and love now, but the right. Fallout no universe that was way back when, says that he modified his own personal D&D &D video game, which was not a success. <laughs> okay. To work with the Department of Defense on an AI project. <laughs> what? Uh, this is real. Um, <clears throat> Tim Kaine, creator of Fallout in the Outer Worlds, has said something on a vlog that I think he wanted everybody just to forget that he said, but... Um, He, he dished on the fact that he is helping the U.S. Department of Defense artificial intelligence by playing the video game adaptation of Temple of Elemental Evil. How does that help AI? How does that help the Department of Defense with AI? According, video game? according to Kane, in 2004, he was approached by a classmate, um, 
that had moved to work for the Department of Defense, and he wanted to know if I could, quote, take Temple of Elemental Evil and write an API so that an external AI could run the game. The contract was paid, and the original TOEE lead programmer, Stephen Moray, produced a version of the game that got handed off to the Department of Defense. Now, Kane does say that he never actually witnessed the Department of Defense's AI or it running the game, hmm. but they made it so that an external program could control the basic functions of the Temple of Elemental Evil. <laughs> I mean, it's a good module, bad game. Right, right. I'm, I remember playing a tabletop. I never played the video game, so I, I, it didn't get me excited. The tabletop was uh, a crazy module. And you know that um, everybody knows Temple of Elemental Evil, but I truly, truly love, love Monty Cook's return to the Temple of Elemental Evil, which was the third edition module. I think that it took the universe that TOEE created and really fleshed it out into an entire sort of mini world. And I thought that that was a spectacular module and it was a beast of a module too. I think yeah, it, was, it felt a lot more immersive and a lot more expanded. And you know that, you know, I like Monty Cook and Hey Bert, I probably disagree politically with Monty Cook, but I can still love his stuff. Oh wait, that was last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I love Monty Cook's work. I was a independent supporter of him when he originally broke off many moons ago before it was fashionable to do so. Heck, I have the Monty Cook Orc and Pie t-shirt because I supported him way back in the day. <laughs> wow. Um, but, uh, no, you know, it's it's just crazy to think how the games we play are also possibly being war-gamed. So. Well, I mean, it'll be important, to, it'll be important, I guess, if we ever get attacked by, you know, goblins or trolls. I, I almost made a joke, but then, <laughs> then the emails would come in. <laughs> so I'm glad I did it. Hey, back to board games. Uh, we talked about how the big bad number one forever, or at least what we thought was going to be forever, had lost its place to a game that we both enjoyed, Brass Birmingham. Right. Well, Gloomhaven has dropped another tick on the, I guess, iconic board game geek rating scale. Gloomhaven is now down to third place, Bert. Really? What's the new number two? Pandemic Legacy has passed up Gloomhaven once again. You, you mean the world we live in? I mean, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Pandemic Legacy, it's the legacy game with the zombies. <laughs> right, right. I remember now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and please, gosh, if you write in and say, I can't believe you said zombies, Pandemic Legacy is going on what, 10 years now? I don't know. Pretty close. I, I've got, I'm going to look it up because someone's going to write, you spoiled the game. Uh, Pandemic Legacy. 
season one was released in 2015. So I think it is pretty safe to say that the virus is, is, is zombies at this point. And, yeah, eight years ago. And I'm not giving anything away. But some, I guarantee you someone's going to write. Even after I looked it up and complained about it and said, don't write me. Someone's going to write and say, it's, it's spoiler. Uh, I, I definitely wouldn't rank that as my number two all-time board game, would you? No, no. I, I like Pandemic, but Pandemic, even Pandemic Legacy, which is an improvement... It's still pandemic to me, and I don't know. It's it's a good game. It's a good experience, but it's nothing that I would write home about. There are far better legacy games out there that will give you, in my opinion, a better experience. Now, I know there are people that love pandemic legacy, and good for you. Good for you. It's all about opinion. Ryan, I mean, come on. Be straight. You hate legacy games. As soon as it says to tear up a game piece, you have a panic attack. <laughs> I I used to. I don't you know, when Pandemic Legacy came out, and I have it, we've played it. Right. I, I didn't destroy the cards. I have a dead envelope of cards. Cause you know, like I would ever reset it and play it again. I would just buy another right. copy to play it again. Um but now I'm much better about that. I think the one thing that I'm still a little gehicky on is books and like people that write the errata in their books. Or, you know, I had a coworker and person that's at our Nerd Cognito. I had a one of our friends at the Nerd Cognito gaming table. Uh, you'll know exactly who it is when I tell you what they did pick up okay. one of my source books and fold it over cover to cover to hold it up and read it. <laughs> I have a problem Ooh. with that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know exactly who I'm talking about too. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And he Ryan knows to keep his toys. Nice people. He knows exactly who I'm talking about too. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, get well soon, my man. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm way better uh, about that stuff now than I was before. I think uh, one half of the powers that be has sort of forced it into me. No, we are throwing this away. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we haven't played a legacy game. I don't think since Pandeg pandemic legacy. We did. We played. Uh, we, we almost got a full playthrough of Charterstone in, and then Mikey moved away. That was it. Yep. That was the other one that we were doing. So, I guess we're due for a legacy game, is what you're saying. If a good one comes along. Well, since since you're there, let me just shuffle the order of the articles here and move right along to a new Kickstarter that is already at three quarters of a mil is a legacy game. Okay. It, any guesses, or do you want me to give you clues? A little help wouldn't hurt. All right. Well, it is uh, Direwolf that is producing and publishing this game. Does that help any? Mm, no. No? No? Okay. Um, 
I really liked the base game that it was created on, and this is the second legacy version of that base game. Oh, is it Clank? It is Clank Legacy 2. It is Clank okay. Legacy 2. Um, the beloved Clank Legacy returns with a sequel. Uh, co-op, competitive, all smashed into one. But you're playing in the world of Penny Arcade's Acquisitions Incorporated. Wait, <clears throat> didn't you just talk about how much you hate, uh, you know, uh, what are they called? Playthroughs or like uh, real plays? You know, Penny Arcade was like one of the first ones to do that. And I was not a fan of them either. Dan <laughs> used to very religiously follow Penny Arcade and um, was like, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. And I was like, no, I don't. No, I don't at all. Uh, and that, unfortunately, has me not on the backer list for Clank just because I'm not invested in that world. Plus, this seems a little late, too. This seems like five years late to the party, right? Penny Arcade is kind of past it now. I don't know. I don't know. Kickstarter starts at a $99 price tag. Ouch. And the MSRP at that $99 price tag, because you know that this is going to mass market print, is only 125 bucks. So what incentive mm -hmm. do you have to back this game other than you want to see it happen, which is the primary incentive for doing Kickstarters? But when you absolutely know something like this that is going to get a retail printing and you're only off by 25 bucks, and I guarantee you your shipping is going to clock in around 25 bucks, so you're effectively at equal money, why do you have incentive to, to back it? I mean, if you like yeah, Clank and you like Penny Arcade, support the creators. But besides that, um, game could awesome tank. Awesome stretch goals? Um, yeah, some, some games, the only Fair reason stretch goals. Okay. Um, I think the, the first awesome stretch goal was unlocked at, like, half a million dollars where they got a dual layered track upgrade. Hmm. So that's not going to be in the retail printing, but you know, anybody that has a 3d printer and, or a laser cutter can do that. Uh, everything else is like a couple of extra cards here and there. Nothing to write home about fancy coins. Okay. Good. Yay. Um, and and like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like grumpy old man here complaining. One of the stretch goals was custom metal coins at six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. But here's the catch: <laughs> what unlocks at six hundred and fifty thousand dollars is your ability to add on these metal coins for eighteen bucks. Instead of paying full MSRP of 30. Yes, that's correct. If we raise close to three quarters of a million dollars, you'll have the privilege of giving us 20 more bucks for coins that should be in the box already. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to back this one. It's not the Kickstarter I'm excited about, although there is one coming that I am excited about. Oh, I'm interested to see if it's if it's in the list. Is it in the list? Well, let's keep going, because I've got one, two, three, four more Kickstarters to talk about. Hit me. Uh, it's funny you said hit me, because the next Kickstarter that I'm going to talk about is Kinks and cantrips hmm. we're not talking garden hoses Bert well <laughs> I guess for some of you gentlemen out there we are talking about garden hoses <laughs> uh -oh. oh you know how I feel about the creepy guy that wants me to describe the sex scene at the table yeah yeah not a, not a fan well, now there's a source book for it. Really? Kinks and Cantrips, a fifth edition source book focused on exploring yourself and learning about kink. Hmm. I can't make this up. Some yeah, of you I may mean... be wondering, what is kink? I'll let the book's opening words explain. This is directly from the Kickstarter I'm reading, mind you. Kink is many things to many people, and it is often very hard to define. Wikipedia, you know, trusted that, source. That, yeah, that great fount of all knowledge. <laughs> the most holy of annals just gives up and kind of defines it as any sexual practice which is seen as outside norm. These practices can range from BDSM to role-playing a fantasy about a 1950s candy salesman seducing a housewife. In short, it can and does encompass a wide range of desires, with the only limitation being its relation to sexuality. This book contains over 210 pages of D&D 5e-compatible material for a whole slew of kinks, ranging from bondage to gentle domination from ABO to Ratophilia, which I had to look up, and it, it it stumbled me here, right? Right. From asexuality to polyamory, there's something for everyone and a whole lot more to discover. That doesn't need to be at my gaming table, and I am by no means a prude, Bert. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not a prude either. I, I never kink shame anybody. Uh, whatever you're into, you're into, but... You know, most I'm a member of four different gaming groups, and not one of them would this come this kind of thing come to the table. This is normalizing mental illness, and not I wouldn't go that far. I, I'm going that far, and I'm not talking about whatever the sexual deviance is. That's not the mental illness in most cases. In some cases, it is right. What's mental? Uh, what is normalizing mental illness here is we are supposed to accept and change our current cultural and mental mores to match a very small percentage of folks. And this is normalizing that very small percentage of folks. Mm, I, I don't think it is. I disagree. I mean, there have always been, you know ultra segments or things like that that come up that, you know, 
you wouldn't want to play at your table or that you wouldn't want to, uh, you know, be involved with themes that you might not enjoy or that you might not agree with, but you choose not to play them. I don't think it's normalizing anything, but I don't really see a need for it in my gaming life. I also see this as just kind of a political credit play. I'm not going to talk the politics of it, but I'm just going to say I think it is a political credit play, much like Thirsty Sword Lesbians, right? It's a game that's out there that has sold, and they've made money on it, which is great for them, but nobody really plays it. We have it to say, oh, look, 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 look at what I, I'm supportive. Uh, I'm, I'm supportive. I'm, I'm, I'm an athletic supporter. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Whatever. It had a 5000 or excuse me, a $500 goal. 5000 yeah. Uh, and it's at 37 k right now. So wow. it has funded, and it's certainly not representative of the majority of the hobby, even the fucking sparkling majority. Look at what... Darkity dark, dark, dark brought in versus this. Well, I mean, obviously there's a market for it. I guess. It's not may not be a huge market, <laughs> but be. there's a market for it. I guess. We'll see. Next Kickstarter on the list is uh, Oh, go ahead. Go I I I'm just ready to put it to bed. <laughs> me too. I was gonna say, let's move on. What's <laughs> what's next on what's next on the Kickstarter parade? A solo two player RPG. Be like a cat. Okay. <laughs> when you say be like a cat. Be like a cat is the title. Is there more? Like, is it like stray? Is it like, you know, are you role-playing as a cat? It is be like a cat. A new tabletop role-playing game from the creator of... God, he's he's a wordsmith. Be like a crow. <laughs> Okay, are there details? Like, yes. How does this work? Yes, take to the streets as a feisty feline. Uh, there are multiple moggy archetypes. I do love. I, I do love the, the the branding and marketing is really good for this. So, okay, <laughs> I will say that. Explore the world and expand your turf. Play in different world settings, and there's solo and two player modes. Well, Be like a like cat. A All you need is a pen, paper, and d sixes. And your imagination. The Kickstarter is a solo RPG where you prowl alleys and rooftops as a cat looking to expand your territory. Um, so it, it, it almost seems like a like a tabletop stray. version of like Stray. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> um, the first thing you'll do is create your kitten. <laughs> <laughs> and you choose your cat archetype. Are you feral? Are you a stray? Are you pet? <laughs> then you go through your life stages as a cat young adult mature adult and senior catdom <laughs> okay uh, once you've created your kitten then you explore your environment and expand your territory and take control of each new area you find sometimes it's unchallenged un other times you'll have to unseat the top cat of the area it plays out in a series of turns. You move around a hex map, generate location using uh, random tables. Huh. Okay. So it's kind of old school. It is 
kind of old school. Old school, new theme. Um, Bert? Yes. I backed Be Like a Cat. <laughs> of course you did. Uh, oh, that's crazy. I, I wouldn't peg you as one to pick that game up. I There is one player in our group who loves single-player games that I could see picking it up. I I backed Be Like a Cat to play with that one player specifically. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right. That, that would make sense then. Oh, boy. I feel dirty admitting that. Let's move on. Oh, yeah, boy. Ha- have, a, have a saucer remote and calm down. Right? Uh, fifth edition stuff. Are you kidding me? <sighs> I'm so conflicted with this next one. Because okay. it, the artwork is spectacular and not fifth edition. In fact, I, I'm going to link it to you. Okay. Before I announce to the Nerd Cognito Nation the title. Because if you look at this... And just give it the 30-second eyeball. You don't think it's 5th edition? No. It almost has like a... It has a 2nd edition feel to it. Right. I was going to say 2nd edition or maybe even an old-school comic book feel from the artwork. Well, it has successfully funded on my birthday... (laughs) And uh, the game is Wayfarer Nomadic Realms from Grim Golem Games. It looks great. Yes, it's a 5th edition product. And that's the, the one thing that... Hey, hey, Grim Golem, if you would have made this for Castles and Crusades, you would have had one more backer. I, I watched this the whole way through. I like the idea. There are good independent creators that make stuff in the 5th edition realm. And I think that they would make exponentially more money marketing to, you know, a group of people that actually buys products as opposed to the 5e glittery ones. But I digress. Um, I I mean, looking at this, I kind of, like the link you sent me, I kind of like the theme behind it and the, like, theory behind it. The, um... Right, but you know, I just I can't even hold my nose and buy it though, because it is exclusively reliant on Wizards Core. You know what I mean? If this were a standalone, I would have been all in. Ah, Wayfarer is a tabletop role playing series that is based on the nomadic roots of real world cultures. There's a quick start that's available that looks great. You've got four you got your 5th edition content plus four core classes and subclasses. You've got new monsters. You've got lore. It is just a shame that it is a 5th edition product. I mean, I wouldn't call it a shame. The the only problem I see with it is while this is something like a theme that I would love to get immersed in, none of my gaming groups right now are in any way involved with 5th edition. Right. Nor should they be if 
if they are hip to the market. The problem is there's a, there's a big segment that's just, you know, blissfully ignorant of everything that's going on, right? They, they go, they play their t- game. It's all they know. And Wizards is just a name on the book for them. And they're not aware of of the damage that they're doing to the hobby by giving them a dollar. Man, I I really I want to reach out and be like, "Hey, why don't you like team up with someone like Troll Lord Games?" Or, "Hey, why don't you tr- team up with uh Greg Lambert from Iris Chronicles?" Cuz oh, uh, this could slot right into Iris. Yeah, speaking of different systems, I'll be starting a new game this weekend. Yeah, what are you running? This upcoming weekend. I'm not running it. I'm actually taking part in a game of Stealing Stories for the Devil. (laughs) What group is playing this? It's not ours, that's for sure. No, no, we're going to do like a one or two shot. This is the group that I'm in that the DM took a step back and we've been looking for more things to do while... A lot of people have come forward and said they want to do a one-shot or a two-shot, so we're trying out some different systems. Hey, Stealing Stories is great because it is zero or zero prep, right? And um, what can I say? It's Monty Cook. Did you know that it was Monty Cook? I did not. Yeah. But it doesn't it, – it, I mean, it looks like a really interesting system. I've never done anything with it. I know very little about it other than – sort of a brief overview that I was given by the guy who's running it. He said, we'll do character creation and everything right there. So we don't have to like do any pre-study or pre-prep or anything. If it's good, let us know. We'll, we'll put it on our table too. But yeah, stealing stories for the devil is Monty Cook. So look, Monty came up twice tonight. That's that's an omen. That's an omen. <laughs> oh... Is that the last of the Kickstarters? That's the last of the Kickstarters, and that's the last of the news stories, my friend. I feel very disjointed this week, right? Yeah, a little bit. Now, you you missed the one that I'm excited about, but it hasn't been officially released yet. So, Which is what? Uh, Terraforming Mars Preludes 2. Oh, you told us about this. More Preludes. Less, less front-end time. I mean, that's a good thing. Preludes is definitely the best and the must-have expansion for Terraforming Mars. So, Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to pick one, I would say Preludes and Colonies are probably in my top two. You like Colonies? I do like Colonies. As I yawn through colonies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, just like any time I open my mouth about terraforming Mars, Ryan starts falling asleep. Well, (laughs) like I said, I need time and I don't have it. (laughs) Hey, if you have time, what I need you to do is a couple of things. One, make sure that you are subscribed to us at the podcast provider of your choice. You are listening to us right now on a podcast provider, so it's uh, really easy. Just smash that subscribe button. Also, make sure that you're following at NerdCognito. Remember, it is the summer O giveaways. Um, I promise next week we'll 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 have like full fledged segments. It's just I didn't want to get into it, Bert. Shoot me or something, right? Yeah, I mean, and there was a lot of news to get through. Um, are we uh, going to skip my list? Yeah, we're 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 coming up on our hour, and um, I'm probably going to have to cut out one of the 
one of the stories as it is. So fair enough. Uh, that's fine. We'll I'll just... tell you. I'll tell you what. We're let's not skip the list. Okay. But let's release the list this Saturday as a nano. That works for me. Yeah. So if you're wondering where the hell the horror list is, even more incentive for you to make sure that you are subscribed so that when the Nano Nerd Cognito episode comes out this Saturday, you get it right to you. But I guess with that, we should probably wrap things up. Uh, like, subscribe, do all the things. Follow the Nerd Cognito on Twitter. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at I Hate Ryan David on Twitter. And just tell your friends, you know, hey, if nothing else, they could win some really cool stuff this summer. My name is Ryan David. Thank you so much for tuning in. I was joined, as always, by Bert, and we will talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>